Blog Talk Radio. The Franciscan Friars of the Atonement present the Ave Maria Hour. Hello, this is Father Bob Warren of the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. Thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour radio show. The Friars' popular Ave Maria Hour was first brought to the radio airwaves in 1939, recorded in New York City and on the mountainside grounds at Graymore, a home in Garrison, New York. These timeless classic stories of the Bible and the lives of the saints came to life each week through dramatic reenactment by professional actors and actresses. You know, friends, Christ once said, do not hide your treasure under a bushel. In saying this, he meant share your gifts, share your talents. The Friars of the Atonement feel the message in these broadcasts remains as powerful and timely as when they were originally aired, and we are so happy to be able to share them with you today. To learn more about the missions and ministries of the Friars of the Atonement, I invite you to visit our website, www.atonementfriars.org. In the meantime, sit back and enjoy this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour. Blessed Claire of Pisa. One evening in the year 1378, my father, Pietro Gambacorta, ruler of the city of Pisa, summoned me and my brother to what he liked to call a family conference. I say liked to call because by the time we were summoned, it was merely to listen to what father had already decided. My sister, Clara, Theodora, as she was then called, wasn't present. My sons, yes, Papa. it's now a year since Theodora's husband died. The time's come to arrange her marriage. I'm sure you'll all agree. Ah, I see you do. Who's it to be, Father? Well, I regret my good friend Giacomo Appiano hasn't a son. The union of our two families would be ideal. But since he has no son, I think the most advantageous match would be with Donaldo de Massa the younger brother of her late husband. Signor de Massa is agreeable, Father? Well, he's most enthusiastic. Does Theodora know? Not yet. I wanted you to know first, just in case there might be some objections. Hearing none, we shall tell her now. Uh, Pietro, will you please ask your sister to come down? Very well, Father. Father, I would like to say something. Well, of course, Enrico. It's not about the marriage, but about Giacomo Appiano. What about him, Enrico? You have a great deal of faith in him. I trust him implicitly. Would I have given him so much responsibility in Pisa if I didn't? Why do you ask? He's very ambitious. Is that a fault? Very ambitious to replace you in Pisa. You're mistaken. What you call ambition is his zeal and eagerness to serve me. Over the years, he's built up an impressive following. 
He's done that by making it appear that decrees favorable to the citizens were put through by his urging and over your hesitation or, or reluctance to sign them. Giacomo and I work in harmony. You'll succeed me, but not until I'm ready to step out of office. Father, here she is. You want to see me, Papa? Uh, sit down, sit down. After giving much thought to your future, we're all agreed the wisest thing to do is to arrange a marriage for you. I prefer not to marry again, Papa. Well, perhaps you feel it's too soon after Simon's death? A year of mourning's all that's required. The, the arrangements will take another month or so, and by that time... Papa, I mean I don't want to marry again. Ever. What's this? Oh, come, come, this is no time for dramatics. I've broached the subject to the de Massa family, and young Donaldo's willing. He's a fine young man. I know he is, Papa. During the short time Simon and I were married, he was often in our home. And you like him? Very much. Well, then I see no difficulty. Papa... I'm not being dramatic, but when I tell you I don't want to marry again, you pay no attention. You must marry again. No, I shall not. I command it. Please don't. I do command it, and you'll obey me. No, Papa. How dare you disobey me? Papa, please listen to me. Father, why not let her speak? Yes, let her talk. What harm is there? Very well. What do you wish to say? Papa... I'm no longer the child of seven you betrothed to Simon, or the child of twelve who married him. I'm a woman whose husband died a year ago after three years of married life. All the more reason why you should have a husband to care for you. I know now I should never have married Simon. Listen to her. After I went to the trouble and expense to arrange a splendid marriage. But what can a child of seven be expected to know about marriage? Nothing. So it's the duty of the parents to arrange their future. But knowing I was to marry Simon, I thought a great deal about what it was to love and be loved. I would pray for understanding. And then, during Mass, a strange thing happened. What was this strange thing? I found myself slipping off my betrothal ring, and words formed on my lips. And I heard myself saying, Lord Jesus... You know I desire no love but thine. Maybe I was too young, too bewildered to understand the meaning of those words, but now I know. Indeed. Suppose you tell me. That when I'm betrothed again, I'll be the bride of Christ. Get that idea out of your head right now. You're not going to become a religious. Would it be honorable to marry Donaldo, knowing I couldn't be the earthly wife he expects and has every right to expect? Believe me, I know what's best for you. After your first child's born, you'll forget this foolishness. The day'll come when you'll thank me for not listening to you now. Papa, I love you, and I know you love me. And you deeply believe you're doing what's best for me. Well, then why don't you obey me? Because I know that... Sometimes those on earth who love us most can do great harm. Listen to her. Her father, who would do anything for her, becomes an evil old man because she can't have her way. Oh, no, Papa. I'll have no more of this. To your room now. Yes, Papa. What's come over her all of a sudden? Papa, she's no longer a child. She's still my daughter. Very much so, Father. With your resolution and determination. Not at all. 
She's a stubborn, headstrong, confused child. Interesting, Pietro, how determination and resolution in one generation becomes stubbornness in the next. <laughs> I see no cause for amusement. The conference is over. The marriage will take place three months from today. I realized later, my young sister's show of independence had a profound effect on me. As the baby of the family, she had been petted and amused, but never taken seriously. And even now, after standing up to my father, we dismissed her act as a mood that would pass. To be sure, she had talked bravely. But what could she do to convince father of her determination? She went her quiet way as usual, and Father went ahead with the wedding arrangements. Secretly, I suppose I was hoping she would do something to show her determination and thus strengthen me in mine. Where's Theodora? The Demasas will be here any moment. I want her to be here to greet them. Father, she said she would be down in a few minutes. Well, that was half an hour ago. Pietro, go get her. There's no need, Papa. What's the meaning of this? She cut off her hair. You scarecrow, what have you done? Why are you dressed like a ragpicker? Where are your jewels, your gown? My jewels and gowns I've given to the poor. The Dimasas. Pietro, take her to her room. Enrico, quick to the door. Come, Theodora. Don't open the door, Enrico, until she's out of sight. Pietro, hurry. Wait. Wait, let me think. What to say? Indisposed. Slight headache, nothing serious. Open the door, Enrico. You may come in, Pietro, if you promise not to scold me. I won't. You're the only one who hasn't. And father? When his anger permitted him to speak, he said I had planned to disgrace him. And threatened to keep me in my room until my hair grew out. You didn't do it to embarrass him? No, Pietro. Then why, Theodora? Your hair was so beautiful. I'll have no need for it. Or fine gowns and jewels when... When? No. It's better I don't tell you. You can trust me. Oh, it's not that. I don't want to get you into trouble. Very well. Pietro, I pray for you. And what do you ask for me? That you will one day do what your deepest heart and soul directs. You've guessed. I think so. Continue to pray for me. Often. Enrico, Pietro. Get to the stables. Saddle your horses. Well, well, why, father? father? What's wrong? Read this note. Dear father and brothers, I've left to join the poor Clares. I know you will not approve, but I seek the approval of God. When permitted, I shall write to you. I've taken the name Clare after the saintly foundress of the order. We're going to bring her back. Father, the convent is enclosed. You can't enter. She's coming back even if I have to tear down the walls. Oh. 
Open up, or I'll break down the door. Father, wait, please. Stand aside. Father, no. if you do, you'll hear from the Pope. Pietro? Pietro? Come out at once, or I'll drag you please, out. Please, please, Father. Theodora, it would be... My name is Claire, now and for always. It would be wrong for us to break into the convent. Oh, then please go away and leave us in peace. There's no use talking to her. Break down the door. Theodora, Claire... You're the only one who can stop, Father. Oh, I see that my staying will bring violence and unhappiness to the convent and to all of you. I'll, I'll return home and pray that Father will relent and will permit me someday to return with his permission and blessing. Father, send your men away. Not until you promise to return home. I shall return home with you. Father locked my sister in her room and vowed she would remain until, as he put it, she returned to her senses. Good morning, Father. Good morning, daughter. You refuse to call me Claire. Your name is Theodora. You look so tired. Are you ill? <laughs> Between the plots to overthrow me in the city and the disobedience in my home, I don't sleep at night. I'm sorry, Father. I worry about you. It's three months you've been locked in this room. Don't you wish to go out and see your friends? I am content. But what do you do with yourself night and day? As you see, I... I've made an altar at the table. I pray. I read the scriptures. I meditate. Mm. Now, how much longer do you intend to keep this up? The length of my imprisonment rests with you. Mm. Meaning you expect me to relent. Well, that I'll never do. I pray for you daily, Father. Child, this... This mania to become a religious has come between us. Only temporarily. As time goes by, it will bring us even closer together. Mm, as time goes by, you will become embittered toward me. I don't want that to happen. Oh, you're wrong. I love you. Prove it. Prove it by obeying me. Is obedience the proof of love? Yes, absolutely. Then to prove my love for Jesus, I must obey him. That has nothing to do with it. Father, don't you see you're driving me to a choice I don't wish to make? Love for you or love for Jesus? You conjure that up to make me appear to be against Jesus. You pretend to love me. But when I ask for some sign of love, you refuse. Oh, no, Papa, it's not that. It's only... You've had it too easy. From now on, you'll be served bread and water. Day after day, the struggle of wills went on. A struggle not of enemies, but of two people who loved each other. And I was drawn in without taking part. For I began to realize that my fate was intertwined in the outcome. And if Claire gave way, I was lost. But there was no sign of weakening. We were all on edge. And as the days, the weeks passed, 
The strain intensified. The moment we entered the house, we sensed it. Claire's presence was with us more so than if she were sitting among us. Near the fifth month of Claire's imprisonment, Father came home unexpectedly, just as I was coming downstairs after talking to her. Father. How is Claire? Theodora. As always. Pietro, she talks more freely to you than to any of us. Does she show any sign of giving in? No. I can't understand her. I can bring a hardened criminal to submission after a week on bread and water. Father, it won't work with her. What makes you think so? What do you see on that plate on the table? Bread? A half loaf of bread. So it is, well. For a time, when you put her on bread and water, she would crumble half her ration and feed it to the birds. Now she sends back the other half of her ration with the request it be given to the poor. Where does she get the strength to defy me? I don't know what to do. If I loved her less, I'd let her go to a convent. Strange you should say that. Why strange? A few days ago, she said to me, I wish Father loved God more and me less than he would understand. I go to my duties at the palace, I hasten through conferences, I postpone decisions. And now, I find myself hastening home, all because of a girl I've locked in a room. Pietro, do you realize what's happened to me, to all of us? She's not the prisoner in this house. I am. I've known that for a long time. Father, there's only one way to free ourselves. I know. Open the cage and let her fly away. Do that, Father. And she'll sing with the voice of an angel. Go to her. Unlock the door. Tell her she's free. Father never did anything by halves. Not only did he give Claire permission to enter the Dominican Priory of the Holy Cross, he started to build another house of the order to which she would transfer when it was finished. And now I too was free. Dressing myself as a penitent, I went to the solitude of Montebello to live in a hermitage. Claire became sub-prioress and later prioress of the house father built and began the training of saintly women who carried her reform movement to all parts of Italy. Then, in 1393, tragedy struck the Gambacortes. Giacomo Appiano, whom years ago Enrico mistrusted, struck. Giacomo, why do you come here armed in this fashion? Surround the house, man. Make sure no one escapes. Giacomo, what is this? You're both under arrest. What is the charge? Conspiring against the citizens of Pisa. I can't believe it. Giacomo, I befriended you. I made a fortune for you and raised you to influence and power. This is the man you trusted, whom I warned you against. I see it now. Behind my back, Giacomo took credit for my benefits and built up a following for himself. 
and the poor fools listen to this traitor who now accuses me of conspiracy. Silence him! Uh, run! Run, Enrico! We'll get him later. Search the house for the others. Gather up all papers and documents. You swine! Get out of... Uh, I had established for the hermits of St. Jerome. I was tempted to leave the oratory at once and avenge my family. I learned that Claire was ill from the shock of seeing Enrico slain as he begged for refuge. For an instant, I was bitter against her. But this gave way to compassion. For knowing Claire... She would feel her first duty was to the nuns. And to have broken the enclosure would have put them all in danger. And now I was torn between duty to my sons and vengeance. I fought to conquer temptation. I prayed for help. And it was given by Claire's example. She sent me a letter. in Christ. I have recovered from the illness brought on by the shock of the terrible events which occurred. Thoughts of vengeance have no doubt entered your mind, for the evil one is always alert to take advantage of acts of violence and to persuade us that one can be wiped out only by another. But our Lord has taught us that this is false, and that an act of violence can be erased by forgiveness. I beg of you, for the sake of your soul, that if you have any thoughts of revenge, banish them and forgive Giacomo Appiano. I am this day writing him that I forgive him. for you, sir? Uh, wait, it's a message from the convent. It may need an answer. But why should she write to me? Impossible. That you may know that I forgive you. I ask that you send a dish from your table that I may seal my act of forgiveness by partaking of your bread. Is there an answer? Um... Write to her to this effect, that I personally, tomorrow evening, 
will deliver a bowl of rice from my table, from which bowl I have eaten one spoonful. Very good, Excellency. Uh, wait. Be sure you address her as Very Reverend Mother. I was no longer troubled by temptation, and I freely forgave Giacomo. In later years, when his widow and daughters were homeless and penniless, Claire received them in her convent. Claire was soon beset with financial difficulties in connection with the convent. However, when a large sum of money was given to her, she gave it for the establishment of a foundling hospital. Near the end of her life, Claire suffered from a painful illness. And as she lay on her deathbed, she stretched out her arm and was heard to whisper, My Lord Jesus, here I am upon the cross. Then, just before her death, her face was illuminated with a radiant smile and she blessed her present and absent daughter a virtue she had many. But outstanding was her sense of duty and her forgiving spirit. May she rest in peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I want to thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour, brought to you by the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. For over 110 years, the Friars have devoted themselves to fulfilling St. Francis' prayer, to heal wounds, to unite what has fallen apart, and to bring home those who have lost their way. We work for Christian unity and interreligious understanding. We provide respite at our retreat center at Greymoor for those in need of spiritual renewal. We staff parishes throughout the world, serve as chaplains for colleges, hospitals, and prisons. We care for the ill through hospice work, ministry to those with HIV AIDS. We also shelter the homeless and provide treatment and services for those suffering from alcoholism and drug addiction. If you would like to be included in our prayer list, participate in special St. Anthony Novenas, and or visit St. Anthony Shrine, Graymore. Attend a retreat, learn more about our Ave Maria Hour productions, or simply make a donation to assist us in fulfilling St. Francis' prayer to help those in need. Please visit our website at atonementfriars.org or email me at avemaria at atonementfriars.org. You can write to me, Father Bob, Friars of the Atonement, Graymore. Post Office Box 300, Garrison, New York, 10524. And so, in closing, I ask for the blessing of God upon you and those you love. May the Lord bless you and keep you. 
may his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may he look upon you with kindness and give you his peace. Amen.